0: is the Blue Room. One hour, everything Everton.
1: Radio City Talk.
2: Welcome to the Blue Room on Radio City Talk with me, Peter McPartland, Matt Jones, and Paddy Boyland. <sighs> Everton, isn't it? It's Everton, isn't it, lads? It's always. You know <laughs> what? What, what you, a way to start this show. you're as high as you can be, and then they just they just kick you down, though. They just kick you down. Best start for 37 years or something like that, 38 years, and they just Everywhere, But the question I want to ask you, Matt Jones, is did you clap when Stephen Naismith scored for Norwich City? No,
1: and I, I, I just was just baffled by the whole thing, to be honest. I feel like it goes against the whole essence of football when you're applauding a player that scored against your team. And I like Stephen Naismith, don't get me wrong, he's, he's a good player for us. He's done a lot of great work in the community and stuff. All those things are brilliant. I like that he got a good reception before both games he's played against us. But to to score a goal that potentially knocked us out of the cup and, and people standing up and cheering, it just didn't really sit right with me, to be honest.
0: Yeah, I totally agree with Matt. To be honest, Um, I don't clap any goal that's scored against Everton. Maybe that's the bitter side coming out of me. But even if it's a thirty-yarder, I'm not going to clap. So never mind. Naismith scuffed Everton into the uh, Gladys Street net. It'd be all all very bizarre.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I've I've uh, not applauded, but I have. You know, I've always respect someone scoring a great goal against us. Mm. You know, if someone does that, but nah, I'm not having that from last night. I'm just not having it. You know, one nil down, stroke of half time in in a cup competition, and Nate. Okay, he's a former player, but nah, I'm not having that. I know I've heard some people mm. say it's great sportsmanship and things like that, but not not for me. Sorry, you you know you you're there to support your team. You're there to try and make you know the atmosphere as good as it can. And a lot's been said about the atmosphere in at Goodison Park in the last you know eighteen months or so. But nah, I'm not having that. I'm just I'm not I'm not clapping for someone else to score against us. Yeah. The, you know, it doesn't really matter what their history is with the club. It's just not
1: happening. Yeah, when it, when the match kicks off, it, it should that should be it, shouldn't it? Your enemies and your rivals. You want to get the win, and it was just, uh, yeah, it was just hugely disappointing. It kind of it was kind of indicative the whole evening. Really, it was kind of laid back. No one really looked too mm. fussed about what was going on. The fact that we were sleepwalking out of the cup competition again.
2: Yeah, essentially, I mean, the game itself. I I said it before the game, and. I can't understand for the life of me why a cup competition. You got, we've got three cup competitions. You know, the league obviously the league being one of them. That's obviously going very, very hard to win, very, very hard. So, so the other two, are your most realistic chance. This one, you can you know as we've seen last season, you can almost coast through to the semi-finals without so even doing anything at times. Mm. And we had, we had the chance to do that again, and I just don't understand why we make so many changes it doesn't matter who the manager seems to be they always come out and say the same thing oh this this trophy is important to us you know it's a trophy and it's also a route into europe and every year doesn't matter who it is they always pick really weak sides and i, I for the life of me i i just don't understand it
0: yeah, I think you've hit the nail on the head there. It's obviously 21 years since Everton have won a trophy and you'd think that would be a priority for Ronald Koeman and, and co in this in this new era, if you like. Um, in terms of the team selection, what, six changes? Um, I would actually advocate the likes of Gareth Barry and maybe a Phil Jagielka mm-hmm. dropping out. I think it's too much to ask those guys over 30 to play three games in, in a week. But you have to prioritise What 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 is the priority. Is it the mm-hmm. Bournemouth game on mm-hmm. Saturday or is it getting through to the last? The stages of of the cup. I, I don't know if Ronald Koeman got that right, and it actually isn't the first time that he's he's made these errors because his record in cup, cup competitions with
1: um, Southampton wasn't particularly great. No, no, I I kind of saw this coming a little bit when I seen the team, and it was just. It wasn't so much the, the players in themselves, it was the, the way that the team was set up. And they put that graphic up on the official Twitter feed, don't they? And you see Funes Morian and Aaron Lennon on, on the uh, left hand side, and you think, aye ay, that's an issue. And I know Norwich had, a, uh, you know well, they rested 10 plays in, in the end, and they were organised, they worked hard in fairness to them, and they, they they took the chance as well. But it was just the, how unbalanced the side was, and, mm. and that left hand side in particular. I can't I can't for the life of me remember how times in the first half, but there was a point when I was counting the amount of times Stacklenberg got the ball, he gave it to Williams, he gave it to Murray, and then it went back to Williams again. And it just allowed Norris to come onto us to get set in a good shape and, and from there our, our attack and tempo just seemed to go. And it was it was reminiscent of last season, wasn't it? In a way where we'd be so slow and sluggish in our passing that we kinda of played ourselves into trouble. The midfielders didn't really want to want any of the ball. I think Garner was the only one really who was looking to take the ball in tight early carry it forward and, and make things happen. And even he tied after an hour and, and didn't really get into the game after that. So yeah, really disappointing as a whole. And, and as you said, it's gonna be twenty-two years now about winning a trophy and the best chance we've we've got of winning one's gone.
2: Yeah. I, I the side I mean, apart from the side, I, I you know the that's on picking the team, for me, I just think with the momentum we've got over that we've built up in the like first few games, you try and carry that on. You change a couple of players, yes. Paddy's right. You look to give, you love to give Gareth Barry a rest. Maybe Phil Jagielka and 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 obviously there was no Romelu Lukaku anyway. So, but everyone else, I just think everyone else could have played last night easily. Gone into the Bournemouth game because obviously they were playing last night as well in mm. a cup game. Gone into that game, and you know if if Everton had won last night, no one's. I don't think anyone's worried about tiredness or fatigue. I mean, we're only. We're only six games yeah. into the season. No one should be worrying about that anyway. You you, you know, there's a, there's a couple of Premier League games. Then there's an international weekend, which I know is it's not a rest, but it, it you know, it certainly gives a ch- chance for some players to recharge the yeah. batteries. And I just I just don't I don't understand why we'd upset the momentum by you know playing a weaker side. And I I, I was worried about this game because I I felt if we dropped on it, it you know Norwich would have a chance against us. I just didn't expect them to uh, to rest all the players. But to be fair, they didn't seem that bothered the first twenty minutes. They looked like they'd just come to set up, be difficult to beat, but really weren't that bothered in actually trying to push too hard to win the game. Mm. So I just think we we allowed them to, to win that to win that game. I mean that's been unfair on knowledge, but I think we allowed them by by not taking it as, as seriously, not treating the game as serious as you should be. You know, if you want to get to the final, if you want to win the competition, you've got to win these rounds. Okay, you can change the team against the likes of Yeovil and stuff, but yeah. Norwich are a team that have only lost one game this season and are pushing to get back into the Premier League. They're always going to be difficult. You've got to respect that. So for me, that's why I would have put out the as good, you know, at least at least eight players from from Saturday.
0: Um, I guess the it was a self-inflicted defeat, and the tone was very much set before the game with the with the team selection. I'm I'm thinking of specifically. Obviously, there are errors made in the pitch, and I'm sure we'll talk about them in greater detail in a moment. But the, this kind of self-imposed square pegs and round holes mm-hmm. thing where you've got Funes Mori who is at best a very very average centre-half playing left back at the expense of I don't know Brian Oviedo mm-hmm. and I, I looked at the way Norwich came to play the game they were they were sat very deep Funes Mori is never going to add to mm-hmm. our attacking dimension is he? he's never going to be able to I don't know even as an Oviedo or a Baines would do he's never going to get to the byline put a cross in and and trouble the full back going the other way and as as Matt already said, Aaron Lennon was playing over there as well, out of position. The amount of times he came in, cutting inside, and he was just utterly, utterly predictable. Um, mm. And I imagine very easy
1: to defend against. So so, so for me, that was the most disappointing mm. thing. I kind of got the sense the manager wasn't too fussed about this game throughout, mm. just in terms of the, the way it was set up. And I felt as though, well, obviously we've seen him be very proactive, haven't we, this season in terms of his substitutions. He's made changes after half an hour, half-time a, a few times, and... He's tried to change the course of the game, but to me it felt as though he, he was kind of using this, whether rightly or wrongly, as, as a chance to have a good long look at a lot of the fringe plays on mm. the side. And I think that the substitution seemed very predetermined to me as well. You see Morales and Blassie coming after 65 minutes, and then as soon as the 80-minute mark came up, then Aruna Kone came on straight away, he called them back. And even his demeanour in, in the press conference afterwards as well, he didn't seem too fussed about it. Seeing the set was, I think he used the words, we were unlucky in the game, didn't he? That we, we didn't take our uh, chances. Not necessarily sure I agree with that. And it just felt as though if, if this was a, a different game and it may be a Premier League game, the likes of Morales and Balassie would have been brought on a lot earlier. So if, you've got a man, if the manager's not too concerned about it, and Paddy's already touched upon his cup record in the past that's going to seep down into the whole team
2: isn't it and I just just got the sense that there was a little bit of complacency creeping into it Yeah I mean the game itself I thought for the first 20 minutes I thought we were fine I thought we we pushed on we looked good uh, we kept the ball well there was a decent tempo but we didn't have anyone up front let's be honest we didn't have anyone up front have any kind of focal point you know in the first 20 minutes I think, I think Delafey had a chance to score and I think um, Adam Lennon had a chance to score and once that 20 minutes passed it felt like to me that Norwich looked at the game and thought, and again, it was very reminiscent of last season, yeah. Matt, like you were saying then, the, the opposition looked at it and just went, these haven't got anything to hurt us yet. Let's push out. Let's have a little go ourselves. Whereas the feeling before that had been, we're just going to sit back and take basically what happens. Mm. And as soon as they realised that, they came out, started playing a little bit, and obviously there was the, the sucker, put, sucker punch just before half-time. Um, Nate Smith doing his very, very best to miss the chance. <laughs> I think that might have been <laughs> half the reason people were applauding, because they were half laughing at the fact that he kicked the ball onto his own foot. because just clear, did you realise it had gone in straight away,
1: Pat? Because I had people saying, I was talking rubbish last night when I said people in the garage street cheered, thinking it, it had missed.
2: No, there was. there was uh, People were giving the ironic jeers thinking it had missed and then it just looped in and got over to the head. I'm not really sure what big was doing. Um but yeah, yeah, so you know, they, they get the goal just before half time. And then it's a mountain to climb then because there's no real threat on the pitch. And I know we had a little go after after half time, but they were quite comfortable with the back. You know, the the Ruddy hasn't had to make too many saves. There's okay, there's the one cleared off the line. But for all these seventeen chances we had, um, there was very, very little, you know, on target or really threatening. Yeah, the best spell was the
0: opening twenty minutes. Um, after the break, we didn't really look. There was there was one chance for Enner Valencia, which was cleared off the line by Pritchard. I think, I think mm-hmm. it was. But the the main thing, as you've already both touched on, is the lack of focal points up front. Enner Valencia is not a lone front man. He shouldn't be playing that. He's not got the physical presence to to play that role. And I just thought it it, it actually encapsulated the failure towards the end of the um, the transfer window to bring in adequate striking yeah. cover. I mean, we needed somebody to challenge Rom somebody of a similar level if you like and then Valencia let's let's be frank is maybe slightly more suited to the system than Kone in terms of his, his physical attributes in terms of being able to run in behind and stuff but he's, he's not much better than Aruna Kone as a footballer is he so uh, um, we needed to have strengthened that position we spoke also about Gareth Barry and the need to find a long term replacement for him Tom Cleverley last night was palpably not that option,
1: was he? And, and and we're still heavily reliant on those two. Yeah, I think the thing that disappointed me when we were looking at strikes in the summer was the, the type of forward we were looking at. Obviously, there's talk of Perez, Gabbiadini, and then we ended up going for Valencia. They're all forwards who aren't really typically what you call number nines, mm-hmm. are they? The are split strikers, or the more comfortable out wide. and. I always thought, and it was kind of dormant fears became animated last night in a way, that if we didn't have somebody, you can hold the ball up back into defenders, occupy that space up top in in games where we're going to be up against opponents who are going to bunker in, restrict space for us then we're going to struggle. I think Valencia, against away from home perhaps, when if Lukaku wasn't playing, he he could be useful running into the channels, a bit more space to exploit. But in a game like that, he he gets knocked off the ball too easily, can't back into goal, and his link-up play was a little bit rusty as well. So it it was a a really big worry. And and as you said there, Paddy as well, the fact we're still reliant on Gareth Barry, 35 years old, and we have been so reliant on him since he's been at the club, is, is another big, big concern.
2: I think I think part of the reason why we're so reliant on Gareth Barry is is that we just I don't think anyone's ever ever been used in the same role. Mm-hmm. You know, we we haven't had to, have we? He, he kind of probably just kept on rolling on and rolling on, and it's hard to replace someone when. You know, Martinez was never gonna, never gonna change, and I suppose Tom Clevery was brought in as some someone who sort of Gareth Barry liked, but just hasn't been used in the same way. And mm-hmm. Gareth Barry, you know, apart from his suspensions, he hasn't had too many injuries and stuff. So, so from that point of view, it, you know, you can understand why it's hard to replace him. But you've got it, uh, you've got a, sorry, but
1: you've got, you've got a plan. You have got a continuously plan when you've got a 35 year old player in the team, haven't you? And we've seen links to all these types of midfielders this summer, and we've got nobody who can. Control. You yeah. can get the foot on the ball, control the game like him. Who offers us that balance in that position? Dan Gibson maybe could have done it at his mm. best, but you can't pin your hopes on him either. And mm. I think that was one of the, the the big failures of the transfer window for me. That we've got a player there who's so important to the way we play. But he's not going to be able to play all these minutes this season. As you mentioned there, he picks up suspensions and he's getting on and on a bit now. And and you see it with these players sometimes when they get to this this age. As good as they've been, we've seen it with Distan, we've seen it with, with Tim Howard. They can just go, they can just drop just off a drop cliff off. at times. And if that happens to Gareth Barry towards the back end of the season, we're going to be in big trouble.
2: Yeah, but I don't think that's I don't think that's sort of an issue to really worry about as such. It just. Because Gareth Barry. I don't think there's that many players like Gareth Barry in, in football. Anyway, I think mm. the I think it's really hard to find a midfielder who's got all that experience and knows how to use time and space on the pitch as well as Gareth Barry it does. It's it's hard to find those placements, and you know with Tom Cleverley, I think um, uh, yeah, I think he str- he's struggling because he's trying to come back from an injury. He hasn't had many minutes, and he 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 probably doesn't quite suit um, the way Cooman likes his players to be with strong physical I know Gareth Barry doesn't quite fit into that mold either, but he doesn't he doesn't quite have either. Mm. He doesn't have the physicality and he doesn't have the, the the ability to move the ball like Gareth Barry. So um that it was a tough night for him, you know, coming back. But that that's what annoyed me. It was annoyed me the fact that by making six changes, you 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 are asking six players to suddenly step up into a team and, and play play it the way they've been playing for the last four or five games. And that's never going to happen. And once you make those changes, you you are going to struggle because it's half of it's you know it's more than half of your team. It, it, you know it's it's that's that's the worry for me in these games is that if half of your team is not up to speed, of course the other team are going to be able to get about you and be able to be, and look more physical and look look a little bit more but bit more up to tempo. Um, and that that's again, going back to... that just annoys me when we make so many changes. Mm. Um, but those players who came in, I mean. Some of them had a really big chance last night, and and for me, just didn't take it. I mean, Gerard Delafeu, I mean, you know, he, he started. He started the the first two games. He started as a striker. You know, then he's gone back to the bench when when Lukaku's become fit. You know, he starts last night looking for that opportunity and completely disappoints. Yeah,
0: I, I think the two that I would talk about are, are ones that I would say are closer to first team selection in Ross Barkley and Gerard De La Faye. And there's there's parallels to be drawn between the two. They're both for me at the same stage in the development, if you like. Um, loads of promise, um, technically superb, but they're not they're not following through on it really. And I I thought last night they both needed to take on extra responsibility. I don't think they did, to be honest. Mm. Um, Ross Barkley. For me, at least, was much improved against Borough at the weekend. Um, but it felt like one fo- one step forward, two two steps back for him. And Gerard De La Feu, pre- pretty much the same. I mean, who starts in that central attacking midfield role against Bournemouth? Because the two contenders there, Barkley and Dale La Feu, both of them, for me,
2: um, didn't, didn't really do enough to, to merit inclusion at the weekend. Yeah. Well, Matt, just wait. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to build the tension up now, <laughs> so you can answer that question when we come back after the break. Listening to the Blue Room. This is the Blue Room.
0: One hour, everything Everton.
1: Radio City Talk.
2: Welcome back to the Blue Room on Radio City Talk. Uh, just before the break, we'd left it on a climatic, climatic moment. there, Matt, C- classic trick, Eastenders pa- moment. Oh, well, <laughs> do, 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 do. Paddy's asking the question. Um, you know, Saturday after we watched Delafield and 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 Ross Barkley's performances last night. You know, who would start? Who will start in that central attacking role on Saturday against Bournemouth? I'm going to be controversial
1: here and say I wouldn't play one. I'd go 3-4-3 at the weekend. I'd play Mason Holgate, Jagielka and Williams in a back three. I'd go Coleman and Baines as wing-backs, Garner and Barry in centre midfield and I'd give that front three of Balassie, Morales and Lukaku a bit more licence. I think the system worked quite well for us early in the season. Mm. Worked well against Tottenham, worked good a couple of times in pre-season. And I just think, I've just been so disappointed with with Ross Barkley in the last couple of games and in in different ways as well. In in terms of the the game on on Tuesday night, I thought it was a great chance for him to get a grip of a game against the Norwich midfield that that wasn't really, you know, that they weren't acclimatized with each other, were they? They didn't have an affinity, a new midfield pair, and he didn't do that. And I'm thinking more and more about the game against Sunderland and... You think everything's set up for him there in that team now. It's all built around mm. him. You've got a player like Gareth Barry, who's playing superbly at the moment, sitting behind him. You've got Garner sweeping up there. That's a that's a great base for an attacking midfielder to play in front of. You've got two great wide players in, Morales and Balassi and a striker in Arku, And it's still still not clicking for him. It's all set up there for him now. And I just think the the two performances he's put in, either side of a, of a decent display against Middlesbrough, mm. shouldn't worry to start in place for him at the moment. And I think he should... I mean, I, I love Ross Barkley, and I think eventually he will go on to to realise his potential, but at the moment he should be sitting on the bench for me
2: I worry for him, I worry because I look at games like last night for Ross Barkley and I just think to myself, these are games at your age that you should be grabbing by the scuff of the neck and dominating them one way or another, you know physically he looks bigger than a lot lot of the players out there, but yeah he doesn't seem physically commanding at times and on the ball he's better than most players he's got the talent there's no doubt he's got the talent. We, we all see he's got the, ta- the talent. But the problem is with him that the talent seems to be off the cuff. It seems to be instinctive. And when it's called upon to be thoughtful and, and, and to to grab the game, as I say... That's a different way of playing, isn't it? You know, that off the cuff can just be anything, can just be a flash of magic, can be a shot from thirty mm. yards that flies, in. he's got that kind of ability. Has he got the other side of the game? That's the problem. Has he got the intelligence to run a game of football? You know that 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 I think that's that's the big the big question mark hanging over him. And also, does this qu- question of confidence and question of does he have the the mental makeup to? Be able to grab a game when he's not at his best and just dig it out, just dig a game out like like the like the best players mm. can. And I I I just worry because I don't think you can be a confidence player and play in the position he wants to play in. I think you have to have you have to be a seven out of ten every week to play in his role. I don't think you can go missing in his role. You know, a centre forward can go hot and cold, um, which we've seen with Lukaku. But as long as he's still doing some things for the team, it's okay. As long as he's just been a focal point, it's okay. But I don't think in Ross Barkley's position, you can do that. I think you've got to be, as I said, a 7 out of 10 every week and do something that contributes for your team. Whether it just be playing part of a, you know, a, a, a three-man midfield and just doing your own little job or or, or pushing that and, and becoming uh, a player, as I say, who can, who can run a game and, and help Everton win games.
0: Yeah, it's an interesting point. There's, there's just too much range in terms of his performances for me. One week he's an 8, the next he's a 4. Yeah. And what we need is more 6 and 7 out of 10s to be, to be frank. Um as I, as I mentioned earlier, I think the emphasis was uh, was on him last night to start creating for Everton and to dictate the tempo of play. He's not yet able to do that and I don't think he's a particularly intelligent lad I have to, I have to be honest. I, mm. I I think sometimes as as Ped's already said, he he does stuff fantastically off the cuff and um the more the more basic stuff, the, the the footballing intelligence, if you like, the intuitive game management. He just he's, he's not there yet. He I think he will eventually mature, if you like.
1: But at the moment, he probably doesn't merit a starting place. To be honest, I, I feel like Cummins at the manager that, that could get that, that it, could harness that intuitiveness mm. and, and sorry the um, the the off the cuff sort of bit of play as well because he wants to play a, a faster more incisive, direct brand of football. And I think when Barkley gets fully settled into that mindset and he's doing things quicker, he's not thinking about them as much, that will benefit his game. But in games like last night, I, I just worry he's never going to be that type of player who can control the tempo of a game and pick passes and and, and, and get everything up the pitch and, and, and manage it. I, I I really worry about his decision-making Um the way he uses his body at times last season early on. He was brilliant. He was bustling players off the board. He was he was getting in the way of players, winning free kicks. And we, I we heralded him for it, about how he was maturing. But at the moment, he doesn't seem to have that confidence to go and engage it with defenders or go into physical battles. And I completely agree with what you're saying there, Ped, about how... It's not a position on the pitch, central midfield, where you can have, you can go from one way to the other. You can't oscillate between four out of tens and eight out of tens. You need to have a base level where you're six or sevens, you're doing the, the basic things right, and then occasionally, or, you know, as the best central midfield players do, quite often produce moments of magic that can help your team over the line.
2: Because it is actually. Playing that position, you, you it's not the magic moments that make that position, really. Mm-hmm. It's being, like you've just said, it's just being a solid midfielder. He can do the basics right. Because, you know, look at his passing last night. It was abysmal, you know. Five yard passes just going astray, you know, and and then looking at the, looking at the 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 lad he's played it to and sort of shrugging at him. Those little things have got to be spot on. I mean, we've spoke about Cardiff Barry before. That's what makes him such a good player is the fact that he never wastes a pass. Mm. So so you know, the, as I say, it's that it, that his base level is just so high. Because, you know, when he he doesn't have to be flashy, he doesn't have to do anything amazing. He just makes the game so simple that he is. He's straight away. He's he's a, he, he's he's on the team sheet. You, it's. I don't even know if Ross is trying too hard, but I just, I just don't, I don't know if he understands, and I don't know whether he'll ever understand what his role is in the team because, because he just, as he, as we've been saying, he just, he's, he's just so all over the place, mm, so I, all over the place.
1: I think doubts are creeping in with a lot of sports about him now, aren't they? I mean, I've always been so behind him and mm. so on his side, and I'm thinking he's going to go on and do it. But you, you watch the way he's played recently, and his excuses are starting to run out, aren't they? Now you know he's he's twenty twenty two years old. Now he's been in the first team for four years. He's got a manager there who should suit his style of play. He's been given the captain's armband. He's been given back and by the by everyone at yeah. the club. But still, it, it it's not quite clicking. And you've got to look at it now, and you've got to say this is up to Ross Barkley. You know, he's not a young kid anymore. He's a man. He's coming into the peak years of his of his professional career, and he, sh- he should be getting games like that mm. and dominating and, and getting Everton to
2: wins. Yeah, definitely. I, I think. I mean, you he can take confidence. I think some like Mares last season for Leicester. You can take confidence from him. You can look at him and you think, "What's he been doing for the last two seasons?" And suddenly he pops up and he's this, you know, Player of the Year contender. And he, all, he just everything just fell in the right place. And I think right, that's that's the way it's got to be for Ross. He's just got a whether he, there's a a slight change of his position, or or how he just how he goes how he moves around the pitch. I don't know, but it, it's just not right at the moment. It's and you know. Ronald Koeman's got big decisions to make there mm. about what he thinks best for him. Whether he thinks it's best to put him on the bench or whether he thinks it's best to uh, leave, let, let him carry on and sort of find his way, or or what, you know whether Ronald Koeman starts getting gets more discipline with him on the pitch and saying you know telling him where to be mm. and not allowing the freedom. I think he has at times, which I, ultimately I don't think it always helps the fr- the amount of freedom he has because I think when you're playing in that position it's very easy to just do what you want yeah. and I think he gets he can be lost in that time maybe he needs a little bit more discipline so you know this is your role and this is what you've got to do maybe for the short term anyway simplify it for
1: him yeah. wouldn't it I'm not really sure about how I'll go about getting the best it's very of him hard now, isn't it because so many different things have been tried there's been so many different factors you're putting into the melting pot when it comes to Ross Barkley and I think it's simple as at the moment he's not playing well and he shouldn't be in the yeah. side I mean it's it's
2: it's very easy. It could be very easy for us to just go over the top about it because you know. But on Saturday, he played quite well. I mean, we're not. I don't want. To, we don't want to make a, a, mm-hmm. a mountain out of a molehill on this one game. Mm-hmm. It, it's more to do. This game is actually more to do with those players who came in and didn't take their opportunities. You know, it's actually more on the likes of Delafeu, who was pretty poor last night, and I just I just thought it was a big chance missed for him. Um, we've already mentioned Funes Mori coming on um, and and really being put. I mean, that back pass. I mean, oh my word, yeah. you know, what was he doing with that back pass? Players who really needed to come in last night just didn't do it. And that's the worry. That That's the worry for me. That, that, that But you ne- hopefully there's never going to be too many opportunities where those players all come in four or five at once, you know. But the, I mean, I suppose the big one is the centre forward role. We've mentioned it already. You know, you scratch the surface. Romelu Lukaku he's out for any reason. That's really, really worrying to the point where I would be looking around now. I plays are out of contract because I think I think with that I think with that short, you know, we mm. tried Delafeu in the summer. He, he had a good little spell in pre season, but as soon as he come into the the hustle and the bust of the Premier League, physically he struggled. Kone doesn't look like he can get around the pitch at all. And Valencia, I think he's a winger. I think he's he's a, he's like a player that you'd play on the wing in a four three three. He's mm. not a centre forward. Or the other way you use him is as you said before, Paddy is. I play you it in the channels, mm. but there was no, there was no sort of evidence of that last night that he that they were looking at that. Or the other option is play Coney and Valencia, and then we're really into. <laughs> I, you know, I, I think we really need to either be looking around at someone who's out of contract, or getting someone ready for January. Really, you know, get into mm. negotiations with someone so the first of January we've got someone to bring in because if there's any injury to Romelu Lukaku or even if fatigue kicks in which of course it will because you can't play a whole season you know every game every minute there needs to be options and at the moment we are really really limited and when when Ronald Koeman when asked if he could win the league says no this is the reason why <laughs> this is i mean you know made me laugh when people go why should you saying no why should you not yeah. be positive because he knows he knows under the surface we are a couple of injuries away from just being um, an everyday team rather than the amazing Premier League team we have at the moment yeah. <laughs> Take Romelu Lukaku out or Gareth
0: Barry and what have you got I'd, I'd suggest a mid-table mid-table side but I think Ped you, you, you're missing out one player in particular that um, made his comeback for the under-23s oh, yeah, <laughs> uh, i uh, just wrote his name one, no, goal in, fuck, yeah. one goal in one game are, are we uh, counting against them?
1: an Umar Nias rena- renaissance <laughs> do, you, do you know what though I was, I was watching that last night and I was thinking we must have a young lad. The under twenty three has been doing brilliantly having this yeah. season. Callum Dyson's been been banging them mm. in from what I've seen. Why not give him a chance? I'd have him on the bench at least last night because, he for what I've seen of him, he's he's a big lad. He's mm. good in the air. He's an actual centre forward. I you know. You know. You've seen. I'm not for any reason, any means making this as it's going to happen, but you look at Marcus Rashford coming into the United team last year, scored a couple of goals in his first game. He's off and away now. He's he's one of the, you know, he's, he's he's in the first team squad, and and sometimes that's all it can take just just to give just to give a lad a chance, especially in a game like that when you've got no other real alternatives. I think um
2: I think we are struggling for us. I don't think we have really got a striker of that kind of of that kind of size though in in the youth mm. ranks. Um, we've got sort of we we seem to produce a lot of the same kind of strikers at Everton you know you think of someone like Conor McAleely we seem to yeah. produce a lot of those kind of players smaller sort of
1: like a split striker split
2: striker yeah. number 10 kind of strike we don't produce um i think the only one i can think of is Brewster but he's mm. he's at least i think he's, he's only 17 he's he yeah he's a, he's a, he's probably 2 years off but physically he is a big strong lad mm. and it's just whether he can develop him but the others are all quite slight and i don't know I don't know whether he, you know you can you can just do that overnight I think they take a couple of years to sort of really get mm. into it but I think Brewster's definitely the one I think he's been I think he's had a bit of an injury this season he hasn't really kicked on yet this season mm. um but we are we are struggling but Nast made me it made me laugh with the because I've seen a lot of people going I should give him a chance now. Give him a chance. This being stupid, this. He hasn't even had a chance. And it's like, do you not think they watch him every yeah. day in training? Why do you think it took two training sessions for the manager to just go, yeah, get rid of him? Don't but you give got, him a squad? The you only any free agents in mind? I thought of a couple. Go on, you, go go on, on then, you're yeah. the football <laughs> hipster. You uh, know these things. Two of the strongest of immediately was uh, Adabayor. Yeah, seen that one last night, but, and, no, uh, but no. Miroslav Closer. Closer, actually Closer would be amazing. There was another one as well, but oh, I can't remember the top of my head. There was another slightly ageing striker, but I, I, it's, I've lost it. Uh, someone like Closer would be a brilliant signing. I'd love to see him play for Oh, do you yeah. know what? Him, using all of, ex- all of his experience, holding the ball up. And some people might laugh, but you mm. know what? I'll tell you what, have you got him for the rest of the season? I'm pretty sure he's still playing anyway. I think he's just, because he left Lazio at yeah, the end he of the he season.
1: Left Lazio. I think he could take him for a year. Yeah, I don't know if he's retired, but I'm pretty sure he's just a free agent, so
2: yeah. There was. I tell you, the other one was uh, Kevin Carrani. Ah, right, okay. He's out of contact as well. He'd be another one. He's the worst fi- player on FIFA in the world. There so so you go. There you go. Matt's got his scout hat, hat on, and he said he's the worst player of. No, but someone like that, Kosha, I think would be brilliant. He'd be the type of psyche you could bring in and just say, right, we'll give you, we'll give you the rest of the season. You know, come over to the Premier League for you know whatever, pay you play whatever. Do you know it'd be brilliant? Samuel Eti would be brilliant. Do you
1: do you know <laughs> he got um, he's, the- he's been in trouble last week today. Uh, uh, he um, was it was current club in Turkey. Yeah, the uh, the owner came out and said that he was uh, not playing well enough, and he's accused Eti was accused him of being a racist on on uh, Instagram. <laughs> okay. So he's, uh, okay. he's Settled in well. but okay, uh, we, yeah.
2: well, that's all we'll say on that one. Um, <laughs> the lawyers are not listening. But they're the kind of signings which could, which I think could. Brilliant signings of this, you know. You bring someone like that in mm. at the, uh, you know, with the rest for the rest of the season. We've seen it before. We've brought players in under Moyes, under Martinez. They bring them in, you never see them ever again. But you imagine someone like that coming into the squad, just having all that now, just being able to hold the ball up, just given, given, you know, not bothered about sitting on the bench, mm. But able to come on the pitch and just hold the ball up, allow the midfielders to join in. They, they, that's what we should be looking at, <laughs> and I. For me, I would I would be scouring the world looking for one and just say, "Come over, end of the season." No, you know, someone who hasn't played in the Premier League, a good yeah. chance for you to have a little experience and just see how you get on. Miros, Miroslav
1: closer would be great. Oh, and, that, I you, love him. Love him to play for Everton,
2: the World Cup record
1: goal scorer. Brilliant celebration as well. Was a little front flip. Imagine job done. We've year. done the scouting for I know, yeah. yeah,
2: I hope someone's listening. God, but he's probably just signed for someone like Bratislava, <laughs> or someone like that, <laughs> someone like that. Yeah, I think we need to definitely bring someone in, um, right. and I think it's uh, you know if, as I say, if we're not looking, then certainly get someone in for January because we cannot go on all season with these with these three strikers. It's yeah.
1: it just can't happen. Yeah, it needs to be the priority, doesn't it, in the window? And I imagine Welsh will be uh,
2: getting a hit list ready, and they'll be done making targets. Yeah. Right, that's in the part two. We've talked. The about... second in the league, by I know, the way. I know, I know, <laughs> I know. We will talk a little bit about. We'll talk a little bit about um, good times when we come back right after the break.
0: This is the blue room. One hour, everything Everton.
1: Radio City
0: Talk.
2: Welcome back to the final part of the Blue Room with me, Peter McParland, Matt Jones and Paddy Boyland. Yeah, it's been quite negative so far, lads, let's be honest, <laughs> after last night. But uh, we are still second in the Premier League. Let's not forget that. Let's not let one night of League Cup football ruin that. Last Saturday night, obviously, we, we beat Middlesbrough 3-1 in um, a, you know, a really good Premier League game. Really, really good Premier League game. Obviously, there was you know going behind to the foul on Ste- Stecklenberg. Got the crowd going. We ended up, you know, scoring three goals in the first half, and it and it was and it was all good. And 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 made up Lukaku robbed that goal. Don't care if it's or not. I made up. He, <laughs> I made up. He's got it. Now, obviously, Saturday, big chance. I think to get three points going down to Bournemouth. You know, we we went down there twice last season. That terrible three three draw, um, and then obviously going beating them comfortably in the cup. Um, it, it's a big chance, Paddy, to, to go because you know they they haven't exactly been flying this season. They got knocked out as well of the yeah they lost three two to Preston, two to Preston, and so yeah. they're not exactly going to be buzzing. They are a team this season who are going to be looking, you know, over the shoulder all season. And I think if we can go down there and really push on what we've been doing this season, we can get the three points. Yeah,
0: I think I think it'll be interesting to see if there's any lag in terms of from from the game last night and into Saturday's performance. There there shouldn't really be too much we're gonna we're probably gonna bring in five or six players that started mm-hmm. against Middlesbrough you'd have should have Gareth Barry back in there to add a bit of composure in midfield Elka will come back in the captain Rom hopefully up front and, and a few others and as as you've said Ped I think it's an opportunity for Everton to get back on track we are second in the league let's let's put a positive <laughs> spin on this for for once as Evertonians and um, Bournemouth while while they're a team that have some gifted individuals like i don't know they've they've got some decent strikers Cal, uh calvin wilson some of some of those guys um I think we might be this might be the type of game should I say that will suit Everton. They Eddie Howe's football and philosophy is very much to to get on the ball and try and dictate play. And I think if that happens and space opens up, we we're, we're much more likely to finish them off than we are say a, a Norwich City at
1: home. Yeah. it's a shame City aren't playing on Sunday or the late game, isn't it? We could have gone I'm top to the league of a win. That would have been brilliant, wouldn't it? But I mean, Guardiola actually said last week that Bournemouth are the best team that they've played this season. I don't know if that was just a little digger at you United know, Mourinho or not, mm. but he, uh he gave them some high praise, but. Yeah, it's a funny one, isn't it? I don't think they, they recruited particularly well, Bournemouth, until the last day of the window when they, when they got Wilshire. And I think that was obviously viewed as a, a bit of a coup for them, but I don't think Jordan Arves really settled in yet. I've seen him getting quite a lot of stick on Soccer Saturday last week off some of the pundits. Um, some of the other players haven't really... I think the lad from Leeds, his name escapes me now, I think he's done pretty well since he's gone in there, youngster. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's the type of game you'd expect us to, to go down there and... And uh, I say it to ourselves, I think, I think Paddy's dead right in terms of Eddie Howe will open the game up, likes to play an expansive brand of football. And you'd hope that, I would, that I'd uh, open the game up for the likes of Balassian Morales and, and Lukaku to to really get at that back four and and hopefully banish the memories of that utterly horrendous game in the league here last year. I still, still wake up in a cold sweat thinking about that one. It was absolutely horrible.
0: <laughs> that was the probably one of the low points in, in the whole season for me, actually. And I think, in a sense, that's when the rot started it, to it, set yeah, in. You're yeah, absolutely yeah. right. Uh, in terms of um, kind of losing winning positions and then um, conceding late goals. I think the mental um, setback from that was one that the players didn't truly recover from. And yeah, it was a horrific day, but I, I think we're much better placed now to take, mm. take Bournemouth on.
2: Mm. Yeah, have, I mean, have, the start has not been terrible. I mean, you know, you know the, the games they played... Um, then no one's really hammered them. Okay, Man United beat them three one, and Man City beat them four 0 last week. But no one's really, you know, give them a real pace then, and they've always been in the games. And I think they're that kind of team, aren't they? They'll they'll be in games. They've got a little bit of a threat. They like the games to be open. But they're a good football inside. It, I think it's up to us to go down there and bully them a little bit next week, you know, yeah. on Saturday. Sorry, it's up this, you know, to to bully them for the likes of Balassi to be on it from the start to really get at them and really. You know, show if there is a gulf. Put really emphasise that. Um, but it's all about taking chances, isn't it? And that's what we've got to do. I, it could be, you know, Saturday could be very comfortable if we wanted to be comfortable. We really push on. Mm. But it's whether it is that little doubt in the mind, that little hangover from 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 last night, or whether they completely forget about it and think, well, last week, you know, we've gone behind against Middlesbrough. We've grown in the game and pushed on and 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 got the three points. And you hope it's that mindset. It it's it's difficult to know whether footballers can switch on and off like that. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like they can all go back to last week a Premier League game, or whether they go well. It's just the next game of football. You know, it's it's whether they can switch between the two.
1: I think, I think the the loss in midweek might jolt a few them into life. I don't know if any complacency or the in on the coup in the terms of the league games. But you think four wins in a row they might have gone there looking at Bournemouth and maybe thought this is going to be an an easier afternoon and perhaps that game in midweek shook a few up and and shown that things aren't so easy, we're maybe not as good as we think we are. And I think a lot of supporters used the word reality check last night and I think Mm. a lot of the players might have been thinking something similar. So, yeah, I think I'd quite like to see us start the game on the front foot as well. I think, although we've, like you said there, we seem to have grown into games recently against Borough, against West Brom, obviously against Sunderland away from home as well, even against Stoke we seem to get better as the game went on, but it'd be nice to see us go there and, and really assert ourselves yeah. in the early stages and maybe get an early goal.
2: Yeah, because I mean, I think that's the key thing. You don't, you know, you go to these, these smaller grounds and, you know, there's not a, as big of an away allocation and if you let teams like Bournemouth settle, they can hate hurt you. Mm. Good footballing teams. Wilson is a threat. He's a good goal scorer. You know, if you're given the opportunities and you just don't, you don't want that to fester in a game. You want to be at them from the front foot, and you know, as you say, the likes of Balassi, Lukaku coming back, and obviously having that that base in the in the, in the uh, of the back four yeah. as well back together as well is really important. And it's you know it's an important game. We can get through this, and we can get three points. Then obviously having Palace on the Friday night again, it can get through that spell, and suddenly you you are, we have we will have played all our easier fixtures. and and done really, really well in them. I know people, you know, who have you played yet and all this kind of thing. But the point is, is that in the Premier League, there's actually a lot more poorer football teams than there are good football teams. That's the thing the Premier League don't want you to know. Um, (laughs) (laughs) There is, though, isn't it? There's a lot more poor teams, and if you can beat the poor teams, something Moise built his whole Evan career on. Mm. You know, everyone everyone says, well, you, you could never beat a top four team. But he could beat everybody else, and that was normally good enough to get Everton in, into a European place. Mm-hmm. Um, and what actually happened in Martinez's first season was he beat all the poor teams and added a couple of the big teams, and that's why you know we nearly finished yeah. top four. So um... your favourite player, Pat, that's an Ibrahimovic, has made a career out of doing that. He and that's why has That's why he win, that's why he wins
1: so many titles everywhere because yeah. he just scores loads of goals for his teams against the smaller side. So if a flat track bullies. that's yeah. fine by me. But it was it was interesting. I was reading yesterday that a. Uh, City have actually beaten United and the four bottom teams in the Premier League as well. And nothing's been mentioned about that, is it? About well, they've, they've not played anyone yet. And you, th- you think about us and the way people have been d- diminishing it, if you will.
2: So, yeah, Well, let's be honest. Only one set of fans have been diminishing it. No one, <laughs> no one really else has. Everyone else has got more carried away than we have. <laughs> That's, you know, if you listen to the media with well, this season's Leicester, um, which again is too far, yeah, yeah. it's too far the other way. But I don't know. I, th- I think. I think um, I think. Well, Matt, go on, give us your team again that you said.
1: I'll go three at the back. I'll have Holgate, Elka, Williams, Baines and Coleman as wing-backs, and then, obviously, Barry and Garner as a midfield two, and then the front three, uh, Balasi, Morales, and Lukaku. I just think that front three, if they, if they all had a little bit extra freedom in there as well, with that base behind them, then we, we could cause Bournemouth some real problems, and I just don't think Ross Barkley deserves to be playing at the moment. I mean, yeah, okay, oh yeah, he did had a decent game against Middlesbrough, but it seems to be a hindrance more than helping us at the moment, and I think again in a game like Bournemouth, where we might be playing on the counter attack a little bit more to have that solid base in place and to have those from three up the top of the pitch, I think that would really hurt them.
2: Yeah, do you think, Patty without Ross Barkley, we can go and do a more thorough job, a more professional job, rather than having to because we that's what we've got in the squad at the moment. You know, I keep on mentioning his name, Balassi, but he's I think he's just a clear indication of where Ronald Koeman wants to take this side: fast, strong, athletic does the basics really well, just does his job really, really well, or has certainly so far, and doesn't complicate it. You know, he just wants to get down the byline and throw a ball in the box. And I think if we've got more of those players in the team on Saturday, I think we'll do better because like, having someone like Ross Barkley, as much as a good footballer, he might just slow things down a little bit and get caught in possession and allow Bournemouth then to have the impetus. Whereas if you've got, play, you've got a little bit more, you know, Ruthless players in the team. Let's just say, um, we we might just be able to just do the job and get out. Yeah, well, we spoke on last week's show of
0: Ross Barkley slightly slowing down the play in the mm-hmm. first half and slightly, maybe, maybe, really <laughs> slowing down the play in the first half uh, against Sunderland, and we noticed a big difference in the second half when Morales played centrally, um, especially on the counter attack, the ball was moved forward much quicker. We looked much more of a threat as well, um. I very much like Matt's team, but um I have to be honest, I think Cooman made his bed with Ross Barkley in the in the uh Middlesbrough game. I think most fans probably would have dropped him. I would have definitely done so. Um but I think he will start and I think it'll probably be pretty close to the team that played Middlesbrough if, if there are any changes indeed. Mm. What do you reckon, Pad,
1: would you play him?
2: It's who replaces him though, that's the mm. pr- that's the problem, isn't mm. it? And that's the whole problem I suppose with this side at the moment is that there's just, for me, there's just not a, we don't have a dearth of talent underneath it. I know it's okay saying we've got this player and that player, mm. but, you know, James McCarthy's out injured at the moment, so he could have been an option to just come into midfield and just mm. make it a little bit more solid. Um Can Tom Cleverly do that? Well, from Wednesday's, you know, game... Uh, Tuesday night's game, sorry, it, it doesn't look like he can do that. Or, or maybe, I don't know, maybe Ron Kummel might, might have looked at Tom Clevy last night and, and thought, well, he's could put a good shift in for me tonight. Mm-hmm. He's ready for the a Premier League game. So that midfield is just a little bit more compact, a little bit more solid, allowing the likes of Balassi to get mm-hmm. down one wing, the likes of Morales to get down the other wing, give you that base to, to play from so that you are, you know, you're essentially just... Uh, you're relying on the kaku and the wingers hmm. to do their job i mean that's a that's another way of playing that we haven't really we haven't really looked at this season because there will be times in games where we're just gonna have to dig in we're just gonna have, a, have to have a midfield three that just dig in in a game what
1: what about someone like tom Davis playing in that position yeah. well
2: that was an odd one wasn't it tom davis not being not being in the squad for that. I mean, yeah. Tom Davis... He played
1: was, for the, the under-23s, didn't he, like yeah, but but he, think, he the night before? Why is he playing for the under-23s? Yeah. I would have played him for the under-23s. Why is he playing for the under-23s? I'd quite like to see. I mean, I don't think his, his future is at number 10 by any means. I think he's probably going to be a box-to-box orthodox midfielder, but maybe in a game where Ross, Ross Barkley's not playing well and you mm-hmm. want to change it a little bit, if you can play him just ahead of the front two of... Uh, the, sorry, the midfield two of, of Barry and Garner. Give him a little bit of licence to go and press the ball, roam a bit. You're taking that responsibility off him a little bit then. And, and I think we've seen it in, in the, the Norwich game at the end of last season and the other game when he came on as well, against Southampton, that he, he's a player who can get forward and, and influence the play in those areas. Think thing
2: about Tom Davies is, I I don't. I think he can handle the responsibility. I, yeah, think, I, he, do it, I like. think he's a player already. Like if you ask him to play in a certain position, he can play it. I don't think there's any problem about that. I think, you know, in the summer, when in pre-season when he was playing in right back, I think that was a... An, 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 almost like an indication of the manager saying I'm giving you a responsibility Yeah, go and do it and he did it quite well when he played right back so I don't quite understand that why he's playing for the under 23s when he's when he's actually a very good squad player that we need and when you look at the, look at the options we actually have that, doesn't, that mm. doesn't quite fit for me, that. He's come on, hasn't he, in a few games. came on against, was it
1: Stokey yeah. came on later and There was a on? game, there was a game. Uh, Sunderland away came on as well. And
2: there was a, I can't remember which game it was, but there was a game where he wasn't on the bench, and again, it was because he played for the under-23s, but he actually played longer in the under-23s than he was supposed, I think it was a senior. It was the last Cup game, wasn't it? It was the Liverpool yeah. Senior Cup game, and he wasn't supposed to play as long as he did, and that actually took him out. I don't know, I don't know what that whether David Unsworth has got the authority there yeah. to do what he wants with him which again that would seem a bit weird as well but um, I don't know maybe Ronald Koeman is allowing David Unsworth to just do what he wants with him to, mm. for his own development which I suppose is, is is all that matters but he's certainly a player that, that could go into the first team and, and, and offer something a little bit different from Ross Barkley mm. Yeah
1: I mean I'd, I'd like to see him there I think he could definitely do a job and I think we've seen towards the end of last season that he... I think in the, in the cameos as well, he's just looked ready, I think, to, to make that step up and, and be a Premier League player now. and Especially against Sunderland away when he came on, he was he authoritative was on the ball, he was bustling past players, he was pressing and tackling. And you think of all the, the, the areas that Ross Barkley might be lacking in and the, that might be annoying Ronald Koeman, I think he could bring a little bit more steel to the team. Definitely,
2: definitely. Anyone else? Is there anyone else? Because I think that's, that's almost like the big thing from, from the Cup game is, is there anyone else? you know to, to cut that can come into this squad i think i think if you, if we're going if we're going to take yeah. anything it's it, that's the worry isn't it that that this squad does need strengthening a lot more
0: no um i think out of the six changes that were made i don't think anybody really staked the staked too much of a claim to be included yeah. on uh, on saturday um I don't know if with this talk last night of Leighton Baines failing a, a fitness test before the game. Uh, I don't know how true that actually is. The club haven't verified it yet. If he's not fit, do we go with uh, Funes Mari? Do no. we change the <laughs> change the shape no. again? Or do we bring in Brian Oviedo?
1: It'd have to be Oviedo for me. I think... Maury, I have, I have doubts about him when he plays a centre back and <laughs> yeah. <I'm> watching him <laughs> watching him there left back yesterday. He's just so uncomfortable. I did feel a little bit sorry for him to be honest, because he was just so out of position. The
2: mad thing is though, in the Copa America he was practically playing left wing at times because he was playing yeah. in the three at the back and so he could play it at that level. He just just didn't seem very comfortable playing it last night. Um uh, Math prediction for the game? Uh,
1: I'm gonna say two one to Everton. Yeah, I echo that two one Everton as well.
2: I'm gonna be doomer since I'm going with two two. Yeah, yeah. Would you be happy with that? No, <laughs> no. I'd be happy with three points. That's all I would be happy with. That. No, I've got. I can imagine this will be a, a very open game, um, and they'll get a dubious penalty or something, something yeah, like yeah. that. Just, to, just
1: all going to come tumbling down. Just to no,
2: just, <laughs> just to top the week off, <laughs> right, gents? Thanks for joining me tonight. Uh, let's hope we get three points on Saturday. Good luck to the Blues. We'll be back next week. See you later.